right, here we go. It's Sports by the Book, along with my lovely partner, Alex White. I'm Matt Neverett, and we've got plenty to break down as we approach Super Bowl 58. It is Super Bowl week, Alex, after a long, long season. We're finally here. The, day, the week that we never thought would come is here. And uh, that, that bye week flies by every single year. It really does. And we were waiting all week last week to get our prop packets. We've got them now here at the South Point. We've got about, what, 19 pages? 20. 20 we can't pages. The crew a page. So I'm excited to go through them. I know we're going to be adding props each day throughout the week, but you and I have a handful that we're ready to go through already. Definitely. Yeah. We're going to be taking a look at props, uh, really, both shows that I'm on this week, both today and tomorrow here on Sports by the Book. Taking a look at some of our favorite props, taking a look at some of our favorite bets and just some of the alternate ways that you can bet the Super Bowl. Because as we've been highlighting here over the last couple of weeks, you don't just have to bet spread total money line anymore. And a, a guy that's very familiar with all three of those, our guest coming up in about 30 minutes at 3.30, Jay Cornegay, the director of the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas, joins us. He is one of the oldest odds makers as far as being here in Nevada and dealing and booking the Super Bowl. Uh, he's one of the best longtime friend of mine, so we're really looking forward to having Jay Cornegay on 3.30. Uh, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, by the way, to South Point Studios here at Sports by the Book. Follow Alex and I on social media as well as we get into it. And uh, we got Chris Andrews in studio. I'm just going to whisper something. No, so. Chris Andrews popping on the air. We love having our legends on air. <laughs> My ticket writers weren't doing it right. You can tease football to basketball. Perfect. We were looking before the show yeah. at... Just some, some of the different betting well, angles and different betting ways, the, yeah. The levels are don't correspond to the points. In other words, a seven-point football teaser would be, I think, a six-point basketball teaser. So the levels, you know, so the pay chart is correct. That kind of but you absolutely equivalency, can do yeah. yeah you can do so, yeah, you can like tease the Super Bowl. I have to go to a veteran ticket writer. Of but course, anyway, go yeah. Ahead, have a no, good show. That, is, that is good news. Again, we're talking about Thank just you, so many different ways to bet the Super Bowl. So long story short, what Chris is telling us is that you can tease the, the Chiefs up to, if you want to do a six-point tease, for instance, up to plus eight. You could tease the Chiefs to a, uh, a minus four, or rather, sorry, the, the Chiefs up to plus eight and the, uh, the the 49ers to plus four, although I'm not a big fan of teasing through the no. zero. Old-school betting knowledge tells you that's a no-go, but if you want to do either of those, you could tease the total as well. You can tease it with one of the handful of basketball or uh, both NBA and college games that day. So that that is new, and that's something that uh, I don't think a lot of people even consider. No, absolutely not. And that's funny because we got talking. I think we're on the same page with this. It's a it's a tight line, right? It's a small spread. Both these teams are really good. It's you're kind of depend um seeing if you're going off full season with the Niners. Do you trust that Niners team that we saw in the regular season for 17 games? Or are you going off of current form and what we've seen in the Chiefs? So it's tough. It's a tough wager to make. I think you and I both like the fact or the idea of teasing the Chiefs up. So we were talking about maybe teasing the total down to go over a better number or even tease the total up to go under like 53 and a half, which sounds great for this game. But then Chris jumped in and said, or why not tease it with some basketball? If you'd like, we have that option here at South Point. So that's good for all of our viewers to know and for us to know as well. Yeah, we got to double check the NBA schedule, see if we can get on a a Clippers tease because they've been a wagon as of late. Uh, but yeah, here we are, Super Bowl week. The line really didn't move over the weekend. We're back to minus two just about everywhere. I was seeing two and a half at Westgate this morning. So we'll have to talk to Jay about why they're a half point different than the market consensus. Mm-hmm. But we're at about two points here in our 20-page prop packet here at the South <laughs> Point. The very, very first thing in the packet is the one that most people look for. It, it is the Niners minus two. It is a 48-point total. And if we were to tease that, I think we're in agreement. I like the, the 49ers up in the, or in the, rather, excuse me, the Chiefs up to a plus eight on a six-point tease in this instance. And on the total, I would tease it up and go under, uh, under 54. I just don't with the way that these two teams are and with the extra week, I see this one being low-scoring, run-heavy game script, but I I could be wrong. That's the one thing for me in this game, Alex, is we're going to talk a lot of props. We have a lot that we like. I have a lot of props that I like way more than either side in this one just because of how even it is. And as we've seen, and we'll get to the numbers here shortly, the Super Bowls with totals, or rather spreads, under four points, it's a crapshoot historically. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right with the total here, Matt. It is a little bit tough. My first instinct was definitely looking more at the under and teasing it up. My dad, which we've had him on here, Kenny White, professional sports writer, he liked teasing it down and going over. And his first initial response was, it's the Super Bowl and it's um, 
conditions, right? You're indoors. So with both of these offenses, we could get a lot of points. I think you're safe going either way. I, I think it'll fall right in between there. I think it's at a really kind of crucial area as far as the number, whether you're going over or under. A lot of unknowns about the game. One thing that is known is that this is a nightmare matchup if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan. <laughs> that is for It sure. is your oldest historic rival, a former area mate, I guess, if you will, with, with San Francisco uh, versus your current biggest division rival in the Chiefs. And uh, there's been some interesting happenings as far as where they're practicing, where these teams are kind of hanging out for the week. I, I think that the 49ers are getting the worst end of the deal. So they had to practice at UNLV's practice facility, the, the Fertitta Complex, which is one of the best on the West Coast. The facility itself is amazing. They practice on turf because the game is going to be on grass. They laid down grass on top of the turf, and they're having some you know, unforeseen, in their eyes, instances where players are slipping. I guess the NFL, I read this this morning, grades the hardness of the field on a 1-100 to scale. They like it to be 70-79. to I guess the one over uh, about 10 minutes from us at UNLV's complex is grading in the 50s. That's not good. So, you know, you got the advantage there if you're the Chiefs being able to practice at the Raiders practice facility. And the teams actually earlier today got their first inside look inside Allegiant Stadium. And uh, it was interesting to see the Chiefs are in UNLV's locker room. They're not allowed to use the Raiders locker okay. room, which I think is, I think if it were the Chiefs or anybody else, it would be the same. I just think that that's really funny that the Raiders say, no, this is ours. We're not in the game, but this is our little area. So that's interesting, right? Because the home team switches off NFC, AFC. Mm -hmm. And this year, technically, the Chiefs are the home team, yeah. AFC side. So I figured that's why they got the Raiders practice facility. But, Makes sense. But then they don't get their uh, locker room. Yeah. Okay. It must have been an Al Davis decision. Okay. <laughs> they have more locker rooms in that place than any other stadium I can think of. The Raiderettes have their own locker room. It's like three or four auxiliary locker yes, rooms. So I mean, and they're all better than your average locker room. This is not uh, not old Foxborough Stadium we're we're talking about. This is uh, the the mecca of uh, West Coast. I don't know. There's a rivalry budding between Allegiant Stadium and SoFi in LA is, huh? as far as the best special event venue uh, for for a game like this. I've been to both. Watching a football game at both of them. I like Allegiant. I don't think I'm biased. Ryan McCormick. He fired back at me. He said SoFi. So. And I've never been to SoFi, but I hear that it's more of a, a district. It's more of like an area to hang out than a legion where there's not a ton around it, but the inside of the facility is second to none. Absolutely. So Absolutely the, gorgeous. the team's finally getting into the stadium. But if you want to get into the stadium for the game, uh, I, I was going to say you start saving your pennies. Your pennies would have had to have been saved up and, <laughs> and put inside a special vault for a couple of years. Take a look. These are the ticket prices from this morning. I made this this morning. Cheapest get-in price for the Super Bowl right now off the street, $8,500. And while it says two tickets, that's for one ticket, eighty five hundred bucks each. And uh, there's some resellers. I think the most expensive one was forty eight thousand for a ticket. And I saw a story too that these uh, some of the big time high rollers at some of the casinos that get comp tickets right. from their hosts turned around and and sold them, and they are getting in some massive trouble for that. That is a big big no go for most events that you're going to get free tickets from to turn around and sell them when you got them for nothing. But for an event like this, I mean, my God. I don't even know what to say about these ticket prices. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's a bad look for Las Vegas. It is Las Vegas. What do we expect? But this is really, really steep. Well, and it's every year. It could be Vegas. It could be Des Moines, Iowa. It's the most expensive Super Bowl ever. The XYZ True. costs the most of anything ever. That's just the kind of the, the direction we're trending here with the Super Bowl and uh, teams just finding ways to... Take the NFL's resources, which I'm fine with as a uh, as a Patriots guy. I like sticking it to the NFL, whatever chance we get. But I wanted to throw some numbers your way and kind of gauge your reaction on just some some trends, some bettable angles for this game. Uh, one that was really interesting to me. This is the 31st Super Bowl. We're talking about how tight the line is. 31st Super Bowl ever with a spread of six points or less. The straight up winner has covered in 29 of the previous 30. The only exception was the Rams beating but not covering the, against the Bengals uh, two years ago in the Super Bowl. But the really surprising note to me on that one, 15 favorites, 15 dogs have won the last uh, 30 Super Bowls. I thought that was really interesting. Um, 22 Super Bowls, by the way, have been played with a spread of four or less. The straight-up winner has covered in all 22 of those instances. So okay. you're better off just laying the points, taking a slightly better line in this game than laying a money line, especially if you like the 49ers. Right, and on the other side, you're better off taking the money line if you like the Chiefs and getting a better price there with plus money. Well, we talked about it too, that angle of uh, potentially if you like the Chiefs' money line, it's 
take a look at Pat Mahomes to win MVP because that might be a better number, but this MVP odds shifting all over the place. It has been interesting to kind of keep an eye on that market as well. It really is. And it's, it's tough for us betters that like San Francisco to win, but think the Chiefs are going to hang in there, right? Exactly. I mean, with those trends, you can't even really make that case. So got to really dig in, dig in, figure out which team you think is going to win this one. One damning number that I saw that it implicates the 49ers is that over the last 16 years, so this is since 2003, the 2003 season, the team with a better straight-up winning percentage throughout the regular season and the playoffs combined, 1-15 and 15 against the spread in the Super Bowl in that stretch. Wow. And there's a lot of different kind of ways that you can look at that to bet, but I thought that was really interesting. And it's also interesting to see a team like the 49ers who have not been an underdog all season. They have been the favorite in every single game this year. And they were the Super Bowl favorite to enter the playoffs. And I'll tell you, that's only the 10th time that that's ever been done. However, as we see on the graphic here coming up, it is the fifth time that the 49ers themselves have done it. Win every single reg or be favored in every single game and enter the playoffs as the Super Bowl favorite. I thought that that was really, really interesting. Seven of the previous nine who have done that have made the Super Bowl and five of them have won the Super Bowl. So okay. five of the last... Uh, not, rather, five of the last nine who have been favored in every game that have been the Super Bowl favorite have won the Super Bowl. Do you think that that's a trend that continues this year? I'm going to put you on the spot. I do. I actually, I am leaning more towards the Niners the closer we get Same, to game day. Honestly. And last week it was all, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but I tried to take out some of the outside noise. And that was Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on a bye week getting points. And then I really was looking at, like I mentioned earlier, how good the Niners were all year long, how good they were power rated. If you look at their depth charts and you power rate each player, the Niners have the better personnel. They have the better roster here. And I think with this extra time for them, they can put together a good game plan. And I also think their offense, offensive weapons are way more physical than what the Chiefs have faced lately, yeah, right? Yeah. And with Kittle and McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, we know how they play. I think that they might have a different challenge for this Chiefs defense that has been absolutely outstanding. I think it's going to be a great game, and I, I think it's going to be a really close one. Yeah, the, the watchability factor of this game, it, compared to some Super Bowls in the past, I think off the charts. And I think it's going to be close. We're both in, agreeing, in agreement on that. I mean, if you go position by position, even if you want to give the Chiefs a slight advantage, let's just say in the tight end area, I, you know, I would say that's about equal as far as Kittle versus Kelsey in a, in a big game like this. Kittle's way more physical, though, in the run block. That's what's so tough, right? Kelsey's like a different type of tight end, and, and Kittle is just so important to the Niners in the run block game and getting his other guys open. You don't really see Kelsey do that a whole lot, right? No, that's what uh, Noah Gray is there for. That's right. But that's, that's why they thought yes, another tight Okay, so continue. I would say slight edge to Kelsey. I agree. So slight edge to Kelsey. I mean, obviously the quarterback battle is going to go to Patrick Mahomes. The wide receiver battle, bar none, goes to the 49ers. They've got better across-the-board talent, both in the pass-catching game and in the run-blocking game from the wideout position. Um, and then while the 49ers do have the edge in, in the run game as far as the running backs go, I think that with the, the grouping of running backs that Kansas City and Ed Reed have put together, it is not as glaring and not as drastic a difference as one might think. I agree with that. I really do. Even though Christian McCaffrey is the greatest running back in the league right now, and he has proven that over and over. He was in the MVP conversation this year. Deservedly so, yeah. Only player besides quarterbacks, right? But you're right. I think what Pacheco has done and then his surrounding cast, they've, they've done a very good job on the ground. And I said Ed Reed earlier is the coach. I'm turning him into a, into a coach way too early. We're talking Andy Reid, and that does segue <laughs> into a, a couple of notes about the historical performance of the two head coaches in this game when it comes to certain scenarios, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, who are two of the best coaches in the game, both at very different stages in their career. But you look at Andy Reid, the day he retires, he's a bona fide Hall of Famer, and uh, Kyle Shanahan very much so trending that yes. way. It comes from a historic Hall of Fame-type football family, but they've taken very different routes to get to this game. Andy Reid has... Uh, been a, a coach in this league for you know 20 plus years so the trends for him really do matter and I, I would say more so than, than the Kyle Shanahan second half you know trailing narrative when Andy Reid's teams have had a bye week it's considered 13 or more days off which they have had leading up to the Super Bowl Andy Reid coach teams listen to this 31 and 7 straight up but it gets better when Donovan McNabb or Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback 
26 and three with a bye week. He's only lost three games off of a bye with Donovan McNabb or Patrick Mahomes. And that, that, that sample size tells you that that's something that is a bettable angle for sure. It definitely is. And that's what keeps people leaning towards the Chiefs in this game, especially getting points or getting plus money to win outright. I mean, he is a fantastic coach and proves it over and over. And those, those three losses in the 26-3 and three stretch were against the Eagles this year and then in the Super Bowls against the Buccaneers and the Patriots all the way back in 2003. And then on the flip side, I thought this one was interesting. Al Shanahan, 6-0 and straight up. As a favorite in the playoffs, he's the only NFL head coach right now that's 5-0 and or greater as a uh, wow. straight up in the playoffs. So he has been uh, great as a favorite. He's going to have to do it as a dog. And if they get behind, while the 49ers are 2-0 and this postseason alone when trailing by seven or more in the second half, even if you include those in his straight up record, he is 6-42 and straight up when his team's trail in the second half by a touchdown or more. This is a team that you don't want to get behind from, especially going into that second half, which you have great numbers I can't wait to dive into for the second half and with the Chiefs. But, I mean, they, they shut down the Ravens in that second half yeah. last week, and they had plenty of opportunities, but that defense just turned it up so i don't this is a spot that the niners cannot get behind in absolutely yeah let's get into it i i have three we'll call them four different betting angles things that i'm looking at to bet on the game and it's in you know pretty popular markets and we'll lead off with the one that you had just mentioned as far as betting the second half and if you're looking to bet the second half pre-flop in this one my only advice is to look at unders yes especially with these two defenses and especially especially with the way that the chiefs have played in the second half this year the chiefs 18-2 and two to the second half under this year, including the playoffs. That is the best mark in the NFL since 2005. And if you go later in the game, fourth quarter unders, about 19-1 and one to the under, the Chiefs. They have locked it down and played a Virginia style. <laughs> Cross-sport parlays we're talking. We're talking Virginia basketball later as well. I thought that was a good comparison, right? They turn into Virginia deep <laughs> basketball defensively in the second half, especially when they have a lead. And that's why I look for them to really get out on kind of a blitzkrieg at the beginning. I think that the Chiefs sell out, try to get a lead, because when the 49ers get from behind outside of their last two games, they have been yep. abysmal historically. So that's really interesting that you bring this up, Matt. And the Chiefs have these great numbers in the second half, and everybody's talking about how good the defense is. But people are forgetting about this offense and this offense that has struggled all year. And I just want to point out this fact that we're kind of forgetting. And last week against Baltimore, Kansas City had five drives in the second half, and they only crossed the 50 one time, and they got to the 48, the Ravens 48. I so that far past midfield. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, they have struggled there, too. And clearly they had a 10, 13-point lead at that point. It didn't have to do much, but they really couldn't. And the Ravens' defense really shut them down as well. So while I love your trends and what you're giving out for second half unders just another little side note on why i'm kind of leaning towards the niners here as well those five drives in the second half for the chiefs you, that's right do you, do you know how they ended punt punt, punt 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 end of game that's right that was it in the second half for the chiefs so it's been a trend both defensively but as you're saying offensively as well and in at uh, the south point right now if you come down here and take a look at the packet second half under is 24 on a 48-point total. That's pretty standard across the board. And the fourth quarter total, 13 and a half. I like both of those under, especially with the way that we think that this game script's going to go. I agree. I think we can definitely stay under that 13 and a half in that fourth quarter. But take a look at that. One other market that I'm taking a look at, and we've mentioned a couple different times, is the MVP market. Patrick Mahomes at plus 140 right now behind us here at the beautiful South Point. The Chiefs on the money line at plus 110. So you're getting an extra 30 cents on the dollar if you think that Patrick Mahomes is the reason that the Chiefs win. 11 of the past 14 Super Bowl MVPs have been at 10 to 1 odds or less. So if you're like our guy Frank Nicotero taking the 200 to 1 shot on Brock Purdy, that's pizza money. That is your lottery ticket because the state doesn't trust us with a lottery. Again, 11 of the past 14 Super Bowl MVPs have been 10 to 1 or, or less. And two of those three have been defensive players, and the other one was Julian Edelman seven years ago today against the Falcons. Let me make sure I'm getting this right because we showed a clip earlier on punchlines. When you say less, you mean under ten. Under, so eight under ten to, to one. Eight to one. Yeah. Plus six fifty. So we do it. We had um, a video on Frank's show which showed a lot of long shots that were actually pretty good. But we did have Jalen Hurts, who was plus 650, so that falls in there. So we must have showed the three out of the 14 been, yeah. that actually hit and were uh, 
pretty good money. Well, and the other so one that's, on that, that's a good point. Though. If you're going to take a look at Christian McCaffrey, may not be as good as you think it is as far as a, as a sure thing. Uh, 57 Super Bowls all time, 32 Super Bowl MVPs have been quarterback, and there hasn't been a running back to win Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis in his final game in 1998 for the Broncos, and it was Emmitt Smith four years prior with the Cowboys in 1994. Those are the last two running backs. So in the last, this millennium specifically, there has not been a running back to win Super Bowl MVP. However, if there ever was one that existed in the NFL or even on the planet, I think Christian McCaffrey's up there. See, and that's exactly how I feel on the other side with Travis Kelsey. But you hear all the time and it makes perfect sense. The tight end doesn't really have an opportunity to do anything without the quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Where Christian McCaffrey does. He has plenty of opportunities to have the ball to make good runs without the quarterback having an influence where Patrick Mahomes has to throw Travis Kelsey all the throws, right? Definitely, yeah. So you get a look there. Uh, Mahomes just down to plus 140 in the packet in front of us, but that that line has been moving a little bit. I think if it stays at plus 150 or goes back there, if you can get it elsewhere at plus 150, I love that number. What do you think about, um, Frank was talking about first touchdown score and here, Patrick Mahomes is also a pretty good price, 15 to 1 to score the first touchdown. I, I do like that. That actually brings me to uh, a trend that I was going to bring up next, and that's the opening drive of the game. Okay. And this, this could handicap into that one. If you think that this trend continues, you'll like that bet. Uh, the Chiefs have scored points, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, in their opening drive of their last eight playoff games consecutively. Crazy. Uh, it's the longest streak in the NFL since 1991 in the playoffs. So uh, I really like the Chiefs to score on their first drive. You think that if you like that number, that they're going to get down and have Patrick Mahomes punch it in. I think his total for rushing attempts in the game is at four and a half. So maybe they're going to get one of them out of the way early, huh? So that I'll give that to Frank. I actually have a better one for you that I think you might like. And our guy, um, Jay, actually has it at his place. I found it in the Superbook. But so I like Travis Kelsey and... This is for anybody who's thinking about betting Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown because it's minus 128 anytime touchdown. Well, if you like that, I would recommend putting a little bit money on first half touchdown, which is plus 210. It doesn't have to be the first touchdown of the game. It just has to be in the first half. And that's what the Chiefs do very well and very often. They get him involved. They get him open. I mean, we saw it last week against the Ravens. He scored in the first half of his five touchdowns in the regular season. Three of them. We're in the first half, and the, I mean, they were big games. It was the Monday night game against the Eagles. I think they lost that one, but yeah. and then we saw him do it twice here in the playoffs already. So, if you like Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown, which I know a lot of people do, I would suggest putting a little bit on the first half as well. And I like that too, because we think that this game's going to be high scoring early, low scoring late, yeah. as has been the trend for both of these teams this year. If you're looking to bet this one here at South Point, 3183, 3184, the, the rotation number, what will the Chiefs do first on their first drive? Score is even money. Punt is minus 120. So if you think that they add it to their ninth straight playoff game scoring on their first drive, you're getting even money. I like that number a lot. I do too. And you can't ignore what the Niners have done the last two games and what the Packers and the Lions were able to do against them, right? So I think that's a pretty good bet right there. Certainly. And the last one that we're going to talk about before we get into our favorites and something that we've been looking forward to talking cross-sport Super Bowl props uh, is the teaser. We started the show with the teaser. Yep. We're doing the callback to the teaser. Patrick Mahomes has been a teaser machine all by himself. Now, he's only been an underdog 12 times in his entire six-year career, which that is incredible to me by itself. <laughs> but in those 12 games as an underdog, he has never not covered a six-point teaser line. A perfect 12-0 and as a dog when you tease Patrick Mahomes up when he's getting points, even when he's not a, a dog, even just career in general, he's hitting teasers, six-point teasers, at an 88% rate. Incredible. Even as a favorite, that is really good. So, I I mean, as an underdog, everybody knows he's 10-1-1 against the spread. So, I definitely believe that about if you tease it, he's uh, perfect. It's not a, not a sure For, thing. As there a are, dog. There but. are no sure things in this business. Want to get that <laughs> out of the way. But uh, I thought some of those different angles were just trends that have been too big and too in your face to ignore. Right. So and, you know, that. there is one more point that I do want to bring up yeah. since I have been hammering the Niners so much. But, I mean, it is – we have to talk about how these teams have gone in opposite directions throughout the playoffs, right? And Kansas City median points four was 20-and-a-half. Median points against was 17. Now, first 15 games, it was 20-and-20. 20 20. Last five games, 
Medium points for 25. So their offense has gotten better and their medium points against is 12 in their last five games. Very big difference there. San Francisco going the other way. Their median points for is 30 in the first 15, 16 allowing. Now in the last five games, 24 points for allowing 21. So completely going in opposite directions, offense and defense. So it's really just a matter of if you think they can turn it around in this two weeks for the Super Bowl in the biggest stage. And Andy Reid's been great. (laughs) Kyle Shanahan's been great with time off. Both of these coaches are great coming off of a bye. Um, The the 49ers didn't have to play in the wild card. They get the week off before the Super Bowl. So this is a well-rested 49ers team, at least as well-rested. As, as it'll get at this point in the year, 20 games. In I think those game two games were a little bit um, tougher than they wanted, right? Certainly. And it's funny, you talked about Kyle Shanahan um, as a favorite, straight up, right? 6-0, and not against the spread. He didn't cover in either of his last two games. But, hey, they got it done. They found a way to get the win. This time of year, that's what it's all about. We like the numbers. They just care about the that's letters. Right. W-R-L, right? That's right. Uh, before we bring in our guest, Jay Cornegay, I wanted to take a look at some cross-sport props. Now, these are from this, the Westgate Superbook. Uh, cross-sport props, probably my favorite thing about betting the Super Bowl because books just don't have the time, the effort, the resources to put these out consistently throughout the course of the year. But uh, Westgate, always one of the first, if not the first, to market with these. And we got a, a grip on their packet the other day and sorted through some of these ones. So we'll throw this first one up here. And I love the basketball ones. But now with the emergence of Caitlin Clark as a national powerhouse, not only in women's basketball, but in basketball in general, bringing the sport uh, really newfound popularity in certain regions of the country. And then, of course, Travis Kelsey, who has become an international superstar for everything <laughs> off the field, let alone his <laughs> Hall of Fame playing career on the field. So this first one, uh, Iowa plays Nebraska on Super Bowl Sunday. Will Caitlin Clark score more points against Nebraska, or will Travis Kelsey have more first-half receiving yards? Kelsey laying two and a half in this instance. Okay, so... Right now, Caitlin Clark, her median points per game is 32. In her last four games, she scored 38, 35, 38, and 45. Well over that 32, right? Kelsey's median yards per game is 68. But in his last four games, he had 116 against the Ravens, 75 against the Bills, 71, and 16. She's really turned it up in the playoffs here. It's just first half points, so you're going to go about half of that median or around 75 if you're looking at his last three games. So I would go with Kelsey in this one, but that kind of goes with my game script, and I think that they're going to get Kelsey involved early and often in that first half. So for this one against Caitlin Clark, I would go Travis Kelsey minus two and a half. Yeah, we're both in agreement on this one, although if there is a player that could you know, score 45 randomly in a, in a conference game like this, it would be Caitlin Clark. The next one's also Caitlin Clark, and it is also the game on Super Bowl Sunday against Nebraska. Uh, and it's also involving Travis Kelsey. So, Caitlin Clark, will she have more three-pointers made versus Nebraska? Or will Travis Kelsey full-game receptions be more, and he's laying a half a reception, I guess, in this? You can have a half yeah. a sack, not a, a sack, rather, not yeah. a half a reception. But in this one, yeah, Caitlin Clark threes or Travis Kelsey full-game catches. Okay, so I wanted your opinion on this, especially because you're really a basketball guy and you kind of know how shooters do, especially from three points. Mm-hmm. So... Her median is six. In the last five games, she had seven, three, eight, seven, and six. I mean, she is right there. She had one off game at three, which was actually against Northwestern, who is the worst defensive team in the Big Ten. So I don't know if she was just having easy layups in that one or what, but she didn't have to shoot as many threes. Okay, so she did have eight in the last game against Nebraska. They will be playing Nebraska on Sunday. Kelsey's median reception is six in his last five games. He had 11, which was a... A lot against the Ravens. Five, seven, three, and five. I was leaning more towards Caitlin Clark and her three-pointers, especially because she just saw Nebraska, had eight against them. But I don't know if that gives the Cornhuskers a little bit of an advantage here rather than her. So I wanted your opinion on that. I mean, she's one of the very few players on either the men's or the women's side in college basketball where it doesn't really matter how you game plan against her. She's going to get to her spot. She's going to get her shots. And more often than not, they're going to go in. Now, it's interesting. There's a reason that the guys that make these numbers do so well. It's because they're right on it. And I, you know, you're reading off those numbers, yep. Caitlin Clark. In my head, I think, okay, I'm going to assume six three-pointers because yeah. she's, she's been at, at that or greater the last however many games. I assume six. And then, lo and behold, Travis Kelsey right at about six receptions yep. a game. I, I, it's tough. Um, and I don't know much about the Nebraska women's team, about how they play more on the defensive end is what I would take a look at, it, whether they cover the, the, the three well traditionally or whether they uh, force opponents inside. But <laughs> 
this one is tough. Out of the it's four really that we tough. have today for you, this is the hardest one for me. I think that they get Travis Kelsey involved early. Okay. And I think that he may get a catch or two in the second half. So if he's got four catches by half, I would think pretty hard that, that you're you know in a pretty good spot. I'm going to lean Kelsey, but I don't have a great feel either way on this one. Me either. And <laughs> it's, it's really just kind of a gut feeling, right? If you think Caitlin Clark's going to go off, then you're going to bet her. But if yeah. you think Travis Kelsey's going to have a great game on, on the biggest stage, you're going to lean more towards Travis Kelsey. We got two more, both involving hockey. And uh, this next one here, it's who will have more Canucks and Capitals goals. Again, this game being played on Super Bowl Sunday or Brandon Ayuk receptions and the Canucks and the Capitals laying one and a half on this one. So this is really interesting because the Canucks are a great over team. The Capitals are a great under team. Vancouver averages 3.8 goals per game. And Washington averages just 2.4 goals per game. But... In the last five games, the Capitals, I would know because I bet a lot of hockey unders. Not great unders. They had total of nine goals, eight, eight, three, and seven. Oh coming off a long stretch of most of them having time off or some of them being at the All-Star game. But I would lean more towards them here. Brandon Ayuk, median receptions, 4.5. His last five games, three, 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 seven, and six. Mm -hmm. Somewhere around that 4.5. So you do have to... Um, Subtract one and a half here with those goals, right? Yeah. But I, I would I think, lean towards them. I, I would say that's a seven seven goal game. So I kind of like the other way. They've you been, do? The, uh, the the Niners have been finding ways to use Ayuk more these last couple of games and even especially around the goal line. I think that that's really yes, where they found ways true. to get him the ball. So I think that that's a recent trend that will continue. I think Ayuk has a lot of looks in this game, whether it's deep, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's over the middle. I think that they try to target Ayuk early and, uh, and target them often. And then this last one is uh, Canucks Capitals' <laughs> first period goals. I want to make sure. First period goals in that game. Or Harrison Butker field goals made. Yeah, I think this one's kind of kind of obvious, right? You have to go with Harrius Butker's um, so. field goals in this. Because it's first period goals. The best you're going to get is most likely two, unless Vancouver just goes off and scores two themselves. And the Capitals put up one. But then you're only at three. So I would definitely, definitely lean towards Harrison here. I can't find it offhand. I'll, I'll have it when we come back from the break. But Harrison Butker's uh, line for field goals made in the game, uh, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's two and a half, right? That would make sense, yeah. No, I like I like that. Uh, you, know, you don't see many NHL games with three goals scored in the first period. <laughs> I like the defenses in this game to be able to bend but not break on both sides. So I think that there will be a okay. lot of field goals made. So, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Butker on that one. Well, okay, so that was fun. I usually don't really do the cross sport. I'm yeah. glad you got me into it. Do you have any that you want to share before we uh, take a break and get our guest on? The one that I was going to take a look at before you sent it to me in the, the lead up to the show was the first one that we showed, Clark okay. versus uh, Kelsey. I think those ones are great. And Caitlin Clark, it's disrespectful to call her flavor of the month or like the hot new thing that people are noticing because she has been doing this for so long and is the best player in women's basketball at the college level, maybe on the planet at any level. Um, but I knew that there was going to be a lot of props with Caitlin Clark when I saw that they were playing on that day. So the Celtics are playing. Um, I did see one on Jason Tatum. You didn't take a look at that yet. Not yet. Not yet. NBA's tough, right? Do we even know? Is everybody playing? Exactly. Just, okay. That's the reason why I'm laying off the NBA ones. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting to take a look at these cross-sport props because if there's a sport like women's college basketball or the NBA that you think you have a better edge on, you've had better success betting that than the NBA this year, or the NFL, I should say, you have, you, you have an advantage because they're usually laying or catching points one way or another, and sometimes there's uh, markets to be taken advantage of for sure. So we'll step aside here. Two-minute break. When we come back, Jay Cornegate, director of the Westgate Superbook here in Vegas, longtime friend of both mine and Chris Andrews right behind us, joins us to talk Super Bowl props from behind the counter. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. 
Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. Bingo! And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. Bingo! And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, Join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. Bingo! And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you... Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting.
Welcome back to Sports by the Book. I'm Matt Nevert along with Alex White, and we're going to have Jake Hornigay on the phone with us momentarily. But as we get ready to bring our guest in, wanted to continue our talk on these Super Bowl props and some of the ones from the Westgate Superbook especially because there were some really interesting ones and a different number on one that I saw pretty much than anywhere else market-wide. And that's on a very popular Super Bowl prop. It's not out at a lot of places yet, but the jersey number of the player to score the first touchdown. <laughs> Over under 19 and a half. And we were looking at some of the numbers. It is interesting because I've seen 21 and a half at okay. some other places. And what that does is it gives you two other players on the overside. On the 19, you got Kadarius Tony, who's 19. And uh, who was the other one that we saw? Um, well, Debo Samuel is 19. Debo as well. Debo gets him in as well. So that but literally. Is it 19 and a half? 19 and a half. So that's why the, the, the so Super Bowl like one is 19. Um, but I've seen it at 21 elsewhere. Okay. I think it's interesting to kind of take a look at where different places have their different markets set up uh, in this number. It's minus 110 either way. And there are equal, just about equal amount of scores uh, on each end. Yeah. Obviously, you've got your Kittles, your Kelseys, your McCaffreys that go over that. But both of these teams, including both quarterbacks, obviously, are going to be below that. And so it's a really interesting market. And I think that it's one, especially in this matchup, where a minus 110 on both sides definitely works and is where the line should be. Yeah, I agree. And if you kind of have a player or two in mind that you think is going to score first and you can uh, group them together here by their jersey number, I say, why not take a little shot on that? All right, we got him. We got the man. We got the myth. We got the legend. Joining us now via video call is the director of the Westgate Superbook here in Nevada and in other states and properties nationwide, Jay Cornegay. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sports by the Book. How are you doing? Hey guys, Alex, good to see you as well. Haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, finally got on. Might have been operator error on my end. It's always, when, when in doubt, you can blame us. That is totally all right, Jay. You're not hurting our feelings. You're one of the last guys uh, that, that has to worry about that. But you've been booking the Super Bowl for a long, long time now. You've been at Westgate back when it was the Hilton. You took over the book there in 2004, even in the past 20 years, we'll say, in a microcosm. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl betting landscape has changed drastically since William the Refrigerator Perry was the first prop bet offer, whether or not he was going to score in 1985. But we'll say in the last 20 years, Jay, what has been the biggest difference for you at Westgate in terms of betting the Super Bowl? Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, it, it's, um, you know, back in the day when we first started the propositions, they were considered sucker bets by many. Uh, a lot of uh, people were just. Uh, told to steer away from them and over time uh, recreational players had success with them and uh, they had some pretty big hits o you know, over the last 20 years uh, at our expense which is fine because we won our share as, as well but you know it's a perfect storm for us these days as you know the recreational play is so strong during the Super Bowl but it also gives the opportunity for sharp players to bet the other side. So we're kind of getting the best of both worlds. The, as you know, Matt and, and Alex, that most of the, the lines that we have and we set during the course of the year is really geared towards the sharper players. But the Super Bowl is one of those unique events where the play is dominated by recreational players. And so even though we get a lot of recreational play on these propositions, the sharp players are able to pick and choose um, props that might get out of line where they find some perceived value in them. And then it helps out the bookmakers as they balance out all this recreational play that we see. And that's been uh, going on for a while. Um, I, I'm not going to say just the last 20 years, uh, maybe the last 25 or so. Uh, but to this day, that's what we see uh, during Super Bowl week. Jay, great to see you as well. So we finally did it. We have a Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. How has that impacted you guys over there so far? Well, it's it's been outside the bookmaking circle. Uh, we've been very, very busy, Alex, with so many new venues, so many different offerings because we expect and we are uh, going to have more VIPs here. We're going to have more celebrities in town. The venues that we see all around town um, you know, not just by our other competitors, but uh, from the NFL and other 
um, in industries as well. You have other uh, companies that are coming that have nothing to do with sports coming to Las Vegas, and they also have VIP parties, different venues, different experiences. So we've been uh, very, very busy outside the sports book to get ready for all the expected crowds that we're, we're going to see in the next few days. And Jay, as far as the number on the game itself, right behind us at the South Point, uh, we are at two points. Uh, over at your joint at the Westgate, you are at two and a half. Is that a an action-driven line movement, that extra half a point? Absolutely, Matt. It's uh, all, all of our big play has, has been on San Francisco so far. You know, we opened two and a half. Uh, the market kind of drove it down to one. And from that point on, it, all of the big play has been on San Francisco, at least with us. Uh, the recreational play has been on Kansas City, but we haven't really seen the true recreational play yet. We expect that to start showing up on Friday, Friday night. And, and I would say expect uh, most of the tickets, most of the bets to be on Kansas City. So uh, we're sitting at, at a good spot here. We're not really flirting with football numbers, so to speak. We're not at three, three and a half, four, six, or six and a half, or seven, anything like that. We're at two and a half or two around town. So we're very comfortable where we sit at this stage. And one of the big things that Chris Andrews told us uh, last week, I think it was, is that uh, with a lot of the handle going towards props, he thinks that that's because it's because the game isn't really around a key number. And now as we get closer to three, that could change. But he thinks that that is the reason why we're getting so much action on props year in, year out, and kind of increasing it as we go up. Over at the Westgate, what have been some of the most popular props that players have been trying to take advantage of? Trying to take advantage of. Well, the, I, I, I think that um, right now the early going – the Sharps really look at the propositions for opportunities, you know, whether it's something that they're trying to middle, you know, operator to operator, where there it's, you know, they might have 263 passing yards. Another operator might have 273 passing yards in just, a, you know, a day or so. You know, they're both at about 268. Um, I would I would suspect that uh, um most of the action that we've seen so far is based off opportunity uh, and opinion um, from the Sharps. The recreational play, like 80% of their, 80 of the action, Matt and Alex, as, as you guys know, probably not going to come in until the last two days. And that's mm -hmm. when we really get a lot of public action. Uh, but right now it's been Sharps uh, mostly, and they're looking at opportunity. They're looking at middles. Uh, they're looking at their opinions. And so... Uh, after a couple of days, most of the operators are uh, at, I, I would say, similar numbers. Um, but uh, it's it's still the storm is coming, and we, we're getting prepared for that. But uh, to answer your question, Matt, I, they love Purdy. They're betting Purdy over a lot. Purdy's rushing yards. Um, I think the shortest touchdown under one and a half has uh, been getting some action from the Sharps as well. Um, but off the top of my head, those are the two big ones that stand out right now as uh, we'll get more of those, uh, you know, uh, lopsided uh, uh, betting patterns um, over the next few days. But I'm hoping that the, once we get to the recreational play, you know, they'll even out some of this sharp action that we've seen the first couple of days. And if you're an under player, wait, because the public loves betting the overs. So, yeah, if you're looking at unders, definitely wait no matter where you're going to be betting. That doesn't give um under better's much time though if the, the recreation will come in at the, the last minute right so that's i was going to ask you that is it really just day of you have sharp betters coming in and taking unders as well well they're they're popping up alex all the time you know the you never know when we first open up the props we we get a, a line uh and they just take we, we limit them to two pops per window trip and so they just kind of rotate around for the first five or six hours. Uh, but it, you know, it's a good line of about 30, uh, you know, for the most part, very respected betters. So we, we like to see what they're, they're playing and what they're looking at. Um, the recreational play, you know, it, it's trickling in right now. It's not like we're not getting any recreational play. I'm just saying that 80% of the recreational play will take place over the last couple of days. And that will start showing up Friday night. Now, one area of your book that is certainly for the Sharps, not for most recreational players, are your contests. You're well-known for the Super Contest, but you're doing a Super Bowl contest. What's that looking like on your end? 
Yeah, we call that the big game prop contest, Matt. And that's uh, we've been running that over the last few years, and it's becoming more and more popular each and every year. A lot of people are having fun with it. And it's $100 to get in. You can enter uh, up to uh, five times per person. And it's a contest that involves Super Bowl props. What we do is we take the 30 props that we think are the most likable, uh, simple to understand propositions. We post those 30 props. Contestants select uh, a side for each one of those 30 propositions. And whoever comes up with the most winners, you know, wins the top prize. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many entries that uh, we'll get this year. But I'm expecting a lot more than we have seen in the years past, mainly because the crowds that we're going to see this weekend will probably be like no other Super Bowl we've seen before. And I mentioned it in that question, but we definitely want to give you a chance to highlight a lot of your other contests throughout the year, including the Super Contest. Uh, Chris Andrews' cousin, Art Manteris, uh, former Las Vegas Hilton runner of the, of the book there, and uh, someone that, you, that you've crossed paths with as well, was the one that started the Westgate Super Contest. And so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your rest of your contests throughout the year, whether it be football, baseball, basketball. Yeah, we have, well, it's highlighted by the Super Contest, which has been going on since 1988. It's, it's a very standard uh, format where, uh, contestants pick five games against the spread each week uh, during the 18-week regular season. It's a $1,000 entry fee. And the best thing about the, you know, the Super Contest these days are all the in-contests uh, or in-season contests that we have within the overall uh, contest, meaning that we have a, a, we have a six three-week contest. We have... Um, three six-week contests and two nine-week contests all wrapped up uh, under that one uh, entry fee of $1,000. So you can get hot for three weeks and, and really uh, cash in. We have some really good uh, end-season cash prizes that go along with the, the Super Contest. We have the Super Contest Gold, which is the same format, five games against the spread each week for the 18-week season, but it's a winner-take-all. It's a $5,000 entry fee. Uh, the winner this year won, I believe, 460000 It's for the big boys, but uh, and when we look it over, we have a really good mix, mix of uh, sharp players and recreational players that want to see how they size up against some of the best in the business. Um, during the other uh, parts of the season, we have um, our NFL wins contest. We post the over-under win uh, number for each uh, uh, NFL team. Again, you pick uh, over-under for each uh, of the teams, whoever picks the most uh, wins wins the top prize. We also do that for baseball. Uh, we have over under uh, regular season wins by each baseball team, and that will be popping up here uh, shortly. And we also have a, a madness contest where we have lines for the first two days of the contest. It's really difficult to do something during once the con or once the tournament starts, but we do uh, have a contest for the first two days of the contest. Um, and that is our madness contest that will be uh, popping up once the teams are selected on Selection Sunday. So uh, that's just a little taste of it. Um, but we will uh, we are talking about some others that we're uh, probably going to add to the menu. But I'm going to have to save that for later. And Jay, I've made a couple donations, namely the last <laughs> year's uh, baseball and football win total contest. I didn't even come close to the top. Uh, but I'm fortunate enough to be sharing the desk here with a multi-time contest winner in Alex White. So you'll certainly be seeing her for some of those coming up. I tried Jay's this year. It was it was pretty tough, but I'll be back next football season as well. And I might have to check out this big game props and the madness contest as well. So you'll see me sometime this week, Jay. But I am curious. Matt and I were, um, we were crunching numbers. We were looking at your cross-sport props. Can you tell us about the history there, how you guys came up with that, and what the process looks like to make those? To make those. Yeah, we we came. Uh, I believe it was the first one, and it wasn't even me. It was my boss at the time, Kirk Brooks, came up with uh, the first crossover uh, prop that I can remember, and that was back in 1990 when the Denver Broncos uh, were playing the 49ers uh, in that route of 55 to 10. I I'm reminded of that score by my uh, friends from San Francisco uh, <laughs> almost every year. Uh, but uh, that game, um, our uh, my boss, my director of the Imperial Palace at that time, said, why don't we put up something that has uh, Michael Jordan in it and maybe 
who's going to score more points on Super Sunday, Michael Jordan or the 49ers? And and we put that up and we just couldn't believe how much interest that you know created, not only for the marketing side of things, but for business purposes as well. And that really got the ball rolling. And we started putting all these different types of uh, crossover sports with her. Um, and and it, we really try to shape it around the the sports that are, and the games that are being t- uh, taking place during that Super Bowl weekend. So we have props that mix into the Super Bowl uh, that could be hockey games, soccer games, golf, golf rounds, um, you know, events that are taking place clear across the world. Um, and of course, uh, all the basketball games that we have during the course of the uh, the weekend. So uh, we try to mix it up because we know um, a lot of these fans don't live on football alone, and uh, it really kind of tests their their skills on uh, some of the other sports that are taking place during the uh, Super Bowl weekend. But they have been. Uh, I got to say that they're not as popular as some of the just basic football props, like player to score the first touchdown, or you know whether it be overtime those football props seem to get the most action. The crossover ones seems to get most of their, of their attention from the sharp guys. So go figure, but uh, it's fun for us uh, to match those up and, um, you know, test our skills against some of the best in the business. Jay, we'll let you get back to work. Thanks so much for joining us here in the lead up to the Super Bowl. We'll let you, I know it's a full-time job keeping John Murray and company in line. So we'll let you get back to it. Thanks so much for taking some time and joining us here on sports by the book. It's my pleasure, guys. Enjoy the week. Thank you, Jay. Jay Cornegay, director of the Westgate Superbook here in Nevada. You can find him on Twitter, at Jay Cornegay. Yeah, really interested to see his thoughts on the the cross-sport props because they're the first ones to get them out. And I've seen the process behind what it takes to put those out and what it takes to set good lines on all of those. And it is a week-long process, if not longer. Oh, I can only imagine. He just said they're going up against the best in the sharp so they want to make sure they have the best numbers there you you knew that you said michael jordan earlier when you uh led into us doing this cross sport prop so you must have known that story i used to work for jay very cool long that's time, a good story i like it yeah longtime family friend i've known him since the imperial palace days okay my dad used to do a talk show at the <laughs> imperial palace and now him and jay are the the, the best of friends great guy yeah great place over there at the westgate superbook if you have not gotten a chance to go check it out it is one of the best sports books that you will ever find we're honored to come from another great sports book here at the South Point, South Point Studios. Like, comment, subscribe. Give us a follow. I'm Matt Neverett. She's Alex White. Alex, before we get out for today, we would not be doing our due diligence if we didn't give out some college basketball plays. Have to. And there really are only two games of interest today. There's some games in the SWAC, a couple of big Sky games, but really the only two games featuring Power 5, Power 6 teams uh, are, are one matchup in the ACC and then one matchup in the Big 12. We'll start number 871872 on the rotation number. It's Miami traveling to Virginia, and the Cavaliers opened at minus 4.5. They're now getting six points, but as is always the case on the Virginia games, you got to take a look at the total. It's at 132.5 for this one. So you're going to have to help me out here a little bit. I told you I had a lean. You gave me a stronger trend to maybe push this into a play, but it's definitely Miami, Florida, Virginia under that 132. I mean, Miami's even been playing more like an under team, six and five, and nope, that's against the spread. Four and one to the under in their last five. So I like that one much better than their straight up conference play. But, and then of course, Virginia, we know how they play seven and four to the under at home this year. So you have a trend to support this as well? Yeah, not only is Virginia the hottest home team in the country, they're the longest active home winning streak in the country at 22 games. In the last 10 matchup between these two teams specifically, Miami and Virginia, the under is seven and three. Okay. Miami is averaging just over 57 points a game in those matchups, and they've only broken 70 points once. That's, yeah, I like it. I like it even more now. I think that is strong enough to be a play. At, you're right. Virginia's been really good, especially at home and even on, the, I mean, down this stretch, they've won six in a row now. Virginia's second in the country in defense, opponents shooting under 40% against the Cavaliers. So, I, I, not an official play on my book yet, but this 132 number is a little bit elevated even for Virginia standards. Absolutely. I definitely lean to the under. That one uh, starts here in just a couple minutes. It starts on ESPN. So as soon as we get off the air here in just a moment, go over and tune in that one on the worldwide leader. And lastly, the game of the night around college basketball, Kansas at Kansas State. Number four, Kansas coming off of a win against Houston, dominant win, except for the last couple yeah. of minutes of the second half where Houston started to kind of find their way back in before Bill Self got the, the, the crew in order. 
Kansas laying four. And this game really interesting because this is one of the fiercest rivalries that people don't think about in all of college sports, let alone basketball. So I really don't have a play in this one. I would definitely be on Kansas. I don't really trust this K-State team, but with them just coming off that big win over Houston, I fear we might have a little bit of a letdown spot here. I'm going to turn this over to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up a number right now. So the big thing in this one is that Kansas State comes in as losers of their last four. They lost to three ranked teams. The Big 12 might get yep. nine teams in the, in the NCAA tournament, so losing to three ranked conference teams really not too bad. But the number that, that I saw, Kansas, since February of 2021, when facing off against teams on a three-game or more losing streak, 7-0 ATS and straight wow. up. So I, I, I tend to lean with you on that one to go Kansas, follow that trend. Kansas, the number three team in the country on, on Ken Palm. And uh, for, for my money, just about as good a bet to win the national title as anybody. Yeah, they're looking very good right now. Well coached, Plain, yep. they're deep, great defense. They travel well. But tonight, the, the real test is they travel to Manhattan and take on... The, uh, the Wildcats of Kansas State. That one's starting at 6 o'clock right after the Miami-Virginia game ends. That'll do it for us. Jam-packed show as we take a look at props. We're talking props, baby. It's the Super Bowl week. I'll be back tomorrow on the desk with Alex. We got more props. We're going to talk a full night, not only in college basketball, but in the NBA. We'll have some NHL trends for you as well. I want to thank our guest, Jay Cornegay, the director of race and sports over at the Westgate Superbook. At, here in Vegas. He also does a lot of their stuff in other states. He is a very, very busy guy, so we appreciate him taking a couple of minutes. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe here at South Point Studios. The drive for 2,000 subscribers is on. Yes. Follow my partner, Alex White, and me, Matt Neverett, on social media. That'll do it for Sports by the Book. Catch Punchlines with Frank Nicotero tomorrow at noon on the West Coast, and then we'll be back right here in the same studio at 3 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you tomorrow.